Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield and welcome to a Monday which brought, well... Monday feels, isn't it? Uh, lower corn, lower beans, uh, mixed numbers on the wheat complex. Just quickly to say we got some higher numbers going on in the cattle and the hog trade for today after some dismal trades that we saw at the end of last week. Well, we're going to take a look at what's going on in this market from a grain perspective today as Jeff Peterson is joining us. Jeff, of course, is with Heartland Farm Partners. So the big question, how do you think the markets look right now for you? Well, you know, it's been an interesting day. And if you'd asked me that question earlier in the day, Susan, I'd said, you know, it, it feels pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, we uh, we did uh, turn these markets around. We were a little higher earlier in the day, and then we re- reversed them around, especially on the soybean side. You know, closing down 14 and a half at one point, uh, you know, we'd have been, oh, about 26 cents higher than this at one point on the bean side. And, and if you look back, you say, well, what's going on here? Well, the market's really following along a lot with what, you know, some of the outside markets. And anytime we talk about the outside markets, we have to have a discussion about crude oil. And, you know, currently crude oil's backed off about $2.80 a barrel on the December WTI crude. We're currently sitting about eighty two sixty six. So that market's pulled back, taking a little bit of premium out with a little, you know, of the uncertainty we definitely have going on with the wars that we have going on some of it between Israel and Hamas and the other between uh, Ukraine and Russia. But coming back over into the grain complex, um, we did see quite a bit of weakness showing up in the soybean meal side. Soybean meal at one point today traded all the way up to $442 a ton. And just to show you the volatility, you know, we ended up closing at 426. So we, we closed over $16 off what the high was. So that market would have been trading a little bit higher earlier in the day. But we kind of got to think about where are we at in this time of season. Well, the market's trying to sort out. It's trying to make that transition from what do we have available for supply, which gets back to a lot of the how's the harvest progress going and what are the yields looking like. But we also have to remember kind of where the fund positions are. That's the managed money. Those numbers, you know, came out on Friday, and those would have given us information back through the previous Tuesday. And what they showed on the corn side is corn contracts are still short. The managed money short. We take into account futures and also the options. About 100,000 contracts as of the estimate of where they'd have been at on Friday down. They're short about 105,000 contracts. So they're still short this market. On the soybean side, they have a, a slight long. Um, they would have been reported to be long about 7,000 contracts. And I think as of Friday, haven't got today's numbers yet. You know, they'd have probably been long about uh, 7,800 contracts. And then uh, they've got a pretty big short on the, the wheat side, on Chicago wheat side, you know, short about 96,000 contracts as of Friday. So that, that's kind of where we're sitting right now, Susan. So what do we need to be watching right now in these markets? I mean, we kind of started to really wrap up harvest. So what are some key bullet points we should be remembering as I try to spit that out? Yeah, as we as we look through there, it's uh, we, we're going to continue to keep a close eye on those yields because we still know that that's important. But our attention has to shift south, and we, we have to shift south down in South America and watching their weather really close. We, we know that Mato Grosso has really had some less than ideal conditions. Uh, they could definitely use some more moisture. We'll get uh, some more updates here on their our planning progress and how they're moving along there. But, you know, as of last week, uh, towards the end of the week, they're about 28% planted on the soybean side, 63% planted on the corn side. And there will be some new updates coming out first part of the week on that. Argentine corn, they're about 18% planted, which is quite a bit behind where they were last year at this time. They're about 29% planted last year at this time. 
So we've got that weather in South America, Argentina, we need to see some additional rains. We continue to see some flooding rains happening in the southeast part of Brazil. So we need to see that kind of stabilize. The other thing about watching South America is also we got to watch where they're, they're physically offering out their bushels now on the, both the corn and soybean side on the export side. Uh, because over the weekend, it uh, looks like their values on on what they're willing to export uh, corn out at uh, basis-wise went up about 15 cents. And, and that's now getting us where we're competitive. And then over on the corn side, we, we also want to watch, or excuse me, on the soybean side, we also want to watch how much they continue to offer out. But we're starting to pick up some some good export pace there. Coming back into the U.S. for just a moment, we have to keep a close eye on the Mississippi River. We, and what's good about that, Susan, is we are seeing our levels increase there. We are seeing us come off of our lows. At one point, uh, as we look below Memphis, and we usually like to take a look kind of below that Memphis area because that gives us a chance to see, you know, the Missouri River's dumped in, the Ohio and Illinois Rivers have dumped in. And uh, at one point, you know, we were about 12 feet below the low, and, you know, it's working its way higher. We're probably, you know, two, three feet better than that now, and, and later in the week we, we look to see some additional improvement where that will help us on basically on the barge rates. It will make it so that it's going to be a little cheaper. They'll be able to load the, the barges a little more, put a little more on them, which will cheapen up those those freight rates. But as you look at the overall export picture, are you are you content with where we're at, or are we a little nervous yet because of, you know, South America taking so many opportunities? Yeah, I think as we dig back in and, and look at that, uh, what's encouraging, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're, we're seeing now their corn values rise. And what we have to kind of think about is that they had a big corn crop, they had a big soybean crop, and honestly, on the bean side, when we had uh, ultimately, the the problems we had with the Mississippi River when it was as dry as it was, that caused us to have higher barge levels, and it caused us to have our basis levels at the Gulf higher than what they normally would be. That allowed them to physically export out more than they normally would have been able to because they are competitive longer. On the corn side, I think what we're finally getting to, those with that big corn crop, we're finally getting to a point where now we should start getting competitive. So I think we'll see some improvement on both the corn and soybean exports going forward, Susan. Lots of things that we're going to continue to look at as we get ready for this second half. We'll also talk about some technicals that are going on and the basis. We haven't talked much about basis yet, so we're going to get and find out what Jeff's thoughts are on those numbers. And, of course, what's happening to this grain? Is it going to town? Is it staying home? Lots to look at. Part two is just around the corner as we get ready for the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids is combining with Channel and the other nine regional brands to become the new enhanced Channel Seed brand. So what does that mean for you? Well, for starters, a best of both worlds product portfolio as both brands come together in 2025. Also, greater local agronomic support and more innovation and digital tools. Contact your local Fontenelle and Channel Seed professionals today for the best discounts. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices final bell on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield continuing our conversation this afternoon with jeff peterson jeff of course is with heartland farm partners so we kind of talked in the first half about what we're seeing uh, movement wise where things are going export wise but what about from a technical perspective what are you looking at at the corn market right now 
Yeah, no, it's a great question, Susan, because we, as we move past kind of that time where we understand the yields and the demand, the technicals become extremely important. And that's a lot of really what those trend following funds, as we talked about earlier, uh, what their positions and what they're watching. So we, as we dig in and look at the, the charts on, and we'll take December corn here first. If you look back to September 19th, uh, the market traded down to 467 and three quarters. And that looks like as we go forward, that's going to be the low that we've put in. Now, what's pretty amazing is that from September 19th until basically October 20th, the market rallied 41 and three quarter cents, got all the way up to 509 and a half. Now, we kind of felt like the market would have a little bit more room to go higher than that. But boy, it just ran into a brick wall. And as we dig into the charts, what it ran into is that 100 day moving average came right up to it, hit it ran into a lot of selling, and then the market reversed back lower. But let's talk a little bit about why that 100-day moving average is important. That 100-day moving average is is an important um, indicator that the technical traders and, and the speculative traders, and those trend-following funds, watch. And if had we been able to break through that, then on the other side of that level, on the bottom side, there's people really willing to sell it, saying, I don't think it's going to go through it. It hasn't went through it. You know, last time we actually traded above it, Susan, we'd have to go back, clear back to the end of July, July 28th in particular. And uh, on the other side of that, though, if we break through it, then people be willing to buy it. And overall, what that would do is if we could trade above that, then that would get a lot of those technical traders that are short this market start buying back and that could give us a further surge. But that didn't happen. The market turned around and honestly trade, traded lower four days in a row. And we got all the way down at that point, down to the 25th of October, traded down to 476 and three quarters. And that's kind of where we've been trading right now, from that 476 on up to that 484 level. And I do think this has given us a pretty good base in here. I think if we look at where this market's going to trade from here, I think we have a better chance that we're going to trade higher from here than lower from here. So I think we're putting in a good foundation here, Susan. What about for soybeans? You know, as we switch over to soybeans, soybeans got just a little bit different look, but there is a, a couple similarities. If we look back, it took them a little bit longer to find their bottom. And honestly, I thought they would have probably found their bottom first just because of the tighter ending stocks we had. But honestly, they didn't end up finding the, their low point in here until we until we got clear out to um, October 12th. And on October 12th and November 2023 futures traded down to 12.50 and a half. The market then rallied on those. It, it rallied 67 and three quarters cents until October 20th. And what's interesting about that day, Susan, that's the same day we ended up finding on corn, ran into the 100-day moving average. The first time the soybeans ran into it would have been on the 19th. The next day, tried breaking through it again, wasn't able to, and it turned lower and started working its way back lower. Traded all the way down until we got down to 12.77 and a half on the 26th of October. Now we've been bounced higher. Today we came right up against that 40-day moving average, and then we, we were rejected and we traded back lower. But overall, I think what we can safely say is the lows, we've put in the harvest lows for corn and soybeans. Overall, over time, we're gonna find additional problems that are gonna come into these markets that are gonna gradually work these markets higher on the future side of both corn and soybeans, Susan. What about for the basis though? What are you watching for? 
Yeah, as we dig into basis, we've seen some really nice improvements already on the basis side. You know, starting first on soybeans, the soybean processors, we continue to see improvement there. At the rail loaders, we're also seeing improvements there. And I think we are going to see some improved, continued improvement in those basis levels going forward. One of the things I think we have to look out for and be reminded of, though, is that currently the bids for the remaining days of October on into November, currently those are based off of November futures. And in most of our markets, uh, they haven't moved yet, but we're going to see them move that bid over to January. Now, what's important about this is that currently between November futures and January futures, there's about a 20 cent difference in price. And uh, sitting here today, we'd actually, uh, you know, a little bit over, oh, actually about a 25 cent difference in price is where the actual number is right now. And, and as we take a look at that, uh, what's going to happen is that if they wanted to keep that bid the same, they would basically need to widen out their basis, you know, 20, 25 cents. On a, some of the buyers that we have seen roll already, they'll initially try to widen that out. But then I think what will happen, Susan, is they'll, they'll physically come back. And, and at some point here, we'll be trading just as good basis levels against the January as we were against the November. All right. We ran out of time. Talk about stuff moving to town. We'll catch that next time when you and I are talking. All right. No, that sounds great. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at JeffPeterson01. I'd like to have a chance to sit down and talk to you about some of the challenges you're having in the markets. And that's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.